This is the Gambling Gauchos. Hey, if we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we just say, what's next? That's all we do. Somebody turn on some damn music. Listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. Betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be that day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro. The Moneyline Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Burrow. He's Kyle Jacobson. He's back, baby. We're in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. If you need to gear up for the, the stretch of basketball season that we're about to go on, this... This death stretch for Texas Tech basketball. Show up, support. Or baseball season. It's right around the corner. If you need to gear up for that too, Cardinal Sports Center, mycardinalsports.com, or the physical location, you get some gambling Gauchos gear. Maybe these hats soon. There's a Gauchos logo somewhere. Um, otherwise, Texas Tech athletic gear. Some Little League baseball gear. Some basketball gear. Whatever you're doing, you can do it at Cardinal Sports Center. And we are here in the Cardinal Sports Center studios. Still need to get my hands on some of their throwback collection that they rolled out a couple weeks ago. Yes, the vault, they called it. Yeah, good-looking stuff there. As a as a big-time level-to-bevel guy, as you know. Big time. That's what we need. My uh, my birthday's in about a month. If anybody is, you know, just throwing that out there. Yeah, if anybody that's listening, anybody. Oh, we got some of the stream, not just me. I guess this will go out as a podcast too. Hey, we uh, we're on a couple of places. If you're looking for us on podcast, uh, obviously you can subscribe on Apple. Look for us there. Now, in a, in a few weeks, let's just say you're looking for us on Apple. And we're not in the normal spot. Just keep looking. I'm not saying we'll change somewhere, but just in case. Just uh, just putting that out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, we've got the Patreon community that's growing and growing. So if there ever were a change, we have different channels to notify people. And so we hope that you will... Follow us across some of those other channels just in case something happens here in the near future. Now, there may not be a change, and we'll always be on Apple, but you might need to find the new spot. All right, um, let's get into it. There's a ton to talk about. Right off the top, Kyle, 
We recap basketball in the midweek on a Twitter spaces called um, the People's Post Game. So we're going to bury that Iowa State game. If you want to hear Iowa State commentary, go to Twitter and re-listen to that spaces. I, I think in the future we'll start putting those up as podcast episodes. The people were demanding today in the Discord uh, that we put those up as podcast episodes. But that Iowa State one can live on Twitter for all I care. Uh, so we will not talk a lot of Texas Tech basketball today. Uh, we will move on. I did just want to briefly comment on Mark Adams' post game, though, if I can. Yeah, before you do, just real quick. You know who one of the biggest losers was in that basketball game? Who? Barnett Howard and Williams. Because as the exclusive sponsor of uh, Gaucho's After Dark People's Post Game, whatever we're calling it, you know, people are less likely to tune in after a, uh, I don't want to say historic loss, but that was your worst loss in, I think, seven or eight years. Yeah. And so, anyway, shout out to Barnett Howard and Williams for riding it out with us through basketball season. Wanted to give them a quick shout out on this platform in case more folks are listening to this one than tuned in on Twitter on Tuesday night. Yeah, we certainly were holding court there with, with Barnett Howard and Williams. Nicely done. After the basketball game, and I'm going to pull this quote up so I don't, so I don't just paraphrase it in my words instead of his words. But after a game in which, on the rewatch, uh, seemingly was low effort from the Texas Tech basketball team, something we have not seen in a long time, because even when a team has lost here at Texas Tech, you're generally fighting to the end. Would you say? Yes. And it didn't seem like there was much fight in that contest. So afterwards, and this is to Chris Level in the postgame, not quite in the press conference. This is Mark Adams. We look like we weren't even coached tonight. We talked about their two best shooters and how to find them and how to guard them. This is my fault, and we're going to make some changes. There's going to be a difference in this team. We're going to learn how to play the right way. I told this team three or four days ago that they've got to want to be coached. And you're going to have to put aside your own self-interests. These guys know what they need to do to put aside their own self-aspirations and play as a team. We aren't ever going to have this happen again. I can promise you that. So he goes from, we weren't even coached tonight, we looked like we weren't even coached tonight, to these guys have to want to be coached. So it starts off him saying, maybe taking some ownership, hey, I've got to coach better, but quickly turns into, I'm coaching, these guys don't want to be coached. And to me, that struck a really wrong note. Did you hear it that way? Or is that just me reading into it? No, I think that's fair. You know, several weeks ago, somebody who I would say is plugged in with the basketball program texted the both of us. I, I think this text came from them. I'm sorry if it came from you in that text uh, group. But somebody said, attitude reflects leadership, captain. And the captain of this ship is Mark Adams. And at some point, the buck stops at leadership. Now, 
in every sport, it's always a team game. You and I had this conversation over and over during football season. Was that was that a bad play call or was it poor execution? We can debate that all day long. Maybe Mark Adams felt like all week leading up to Iowa State was a great week of practice and that he and his coaching staff did a great job preparing those guys. But the 40 minutes that they were out there on the floor, they got absolutely whipped. And maybe that in reality is more on the players than the coach. I'm not saying it is or isn't. But I thought the first part of the quote was good. It, it, when I was reading that, like chronologically yes. on Tuesday night, I was like, okay, he's taking responsibility for what he needs to. And then, like you said, it shifted to, you know, some of these guys got to figure it out and some of these guys got to set aside this or that. Yeah. And I was like, well, now you're kind of starting to lose me a little bit. Because, again, even if that's true, that's something you as the leader, the captain of the ship, need to figure out internally. You, you're the one who needs to inspire them to set aside their selfish, selfish aspirations if that's the problem. Like if you're not doing that, then to me you're not being a successful coach, a successful leader of these young men. And so, you know, I had a good boss and mentor once teach me when I was younger. He's like, don't come to me with a problem. You can come tell me what the problem is, but then come to me with a solution. And that's kind of what I like. Okay, Mark Adams, if that's the problem with your players, then come to us with the solution. Don't just throw it out there in the media availability. Like go back to practice, tell them that's the issue, then find a, a solution to it. And maybe that's something that's been being discussed privately and, and it just has made it to the public eye now. But also to me, and again, we only get snapshots of what's going on behind the scenes. But now that Mark Adams has opened the door to the locker room uh, and is calling his roster selfish, haven't we heard rumors and stories of Mark Adams being selfish all off season. Yeah. I mean, at, at the very least, let's say that the perception of that is there. So it, and, just, it just struck me wrong. And look, I don't think that every time, I don't think every time the son of the head coach is on staff, that it's a case of like nepotism because there are, qualified people who are like just happen to be in the family tree, you know, but like when you, when you look at Iowa football and their offense, like, okay, they have the worst offense in the country and the offensive coordinator happens to be the head coach's son. That That's not a good look. Right. Again, even if he's the most qualified candidate and it's not really the offensive coordinator's fault that Iowa's offense was that bad. The optics are terrible. Um, Texas tech has been through this with its own basketball program. Bobby Knight to Pat Knight was not a not a smooth transition. It was not a good era of tech basketball. And so I don't know what all is true about the the dynamic of Luke Adams and the rest of the coaching staff. Again, the optics are not great. And so yeah, when you talk about selfish aspirations, I think was the quote. It's like, okay, well, who was being most served by Luke Adams being hired on this staff? Was it you and your family or was it the Texas Tech basketball program? And, and maybe there's a case to be made that for that role, Luke Adams was the most qualified person in the country for it. 
or at least like most qualified feasible candidate. But again, the mere optics of it are bad. And that's a problem in and of itself. Yeah. And if I was, you know, walking up to the podium on a Sunday morning, I would, you know, say in some emotional way that there's a a scripture relating to this. And uh, I could say something about a speck and a log, but it is what it is here. And I, I just, we've stayed out of that. We've stayed out of the front office. We've stayed out of the, the off court issues. We've stayed out of the, you know, we heard the Maui stuff. We saw the screenshots being passed around. We stayed out of it. But now Mark Adams has opened that door to there's a selfish mentality among the basketball program uh, in a program that that's brand has been selflessness and street dog attitude for the last six, seven years. The, the culture going back to Tubby. This team first attitude, it just does not feel like this team has a team first attitude. And you're own four and you just suffered your worst loss since twenty fifteen. And so Yeah. It's really hard to defend yourself against any criticism when you're putting out some of the worst product we've seen here in a long, long time. So like at some point, um, just about any criticism is fair until you start winning some basketball games. And now you have to play Texas. And <laughs> Generally, Texas Tech teams get up for Texas. Um, I don't know, though, that this roster has a lot of connection to Texas as far as um, want to or care or maybe just that, Tyson. Tyson for sure, but it, like in college basketball, maybe Davian Harmon back to his time at Oklahoma, but a lot of these transfers coming in for one year or the freshman, like. Do they buy into that just because they're at Texas Tech? Um, the football team did, but they did not the year before. So generally you get up for Texas. If there's an Iowa State performance against Texas, you're really going to start seeing some shattering, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to try to like persuade any fan on their opinion of the current state of affairs. But I think it's safe to say that there is a segment of the fan base that is far more optimistic than I am probably than you are. Um, and I kind of like, I'm at the point, like what, what else do you need to see before you're in the same boat as me? Like, cause okay. Like, yeah, let's explain away. Oh, and two Kansas is a really good team. You barely lost TCU. It was all the turnovers, the free throws. Then you go to Oh, and three. Now it's Oh, and four. Like, do you have to be one and nine before, we're allowed to question anything or before people are convinced that we're not just like one piece or one lucky play away from turning a corner. At the end of the day, you are what your record is and things are not trending in a, in a good direction right now. Yeah. And I agree with a lot of that. I, I thought you were really close, but that Iowa state game really did shake a lot of my core beliefs on what you are. And, and it made me, maybe rethink the first three games of Big 12 play and, and go all the way back. You, you haven't really been competitive for a game, a full game against anybody with a pulse. Yeah, we're, we're 0-6 against like good teams. Yeah, and, and you gave up the 18-point run to Georgetown and struggle with Eastern Washington, yeah. and, and, and there's a lot of it there. Nichols. So uh, I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's like how many more – Like, does it, is it 0-8? Is it 0-10? 
Like, at what point are you not about to turn a corner and you're just not as good as your peers? Math- like, I, I'm there. I've yeah. been there. But when is everybody else going to get there? I mean, mathematically, it's 0-6. Because then you have to go, like, way above 500 to get even sniffing the tournament. So, And I have to laugh because I've been on this Fardos thing all season. As soon as, like, okay, we're 0-4, as soon as some people I think we're about to come around, Mark Adams is like, yeah, Fardos is back in practice. People are like, okay, here we go. And yeah. Like, again, a big man with a foot injury, even when he's able to play, I'm imagining his first appearance is like four to eight minutes. Yeah. And it'll be like slowly we'll get up to 12 and then 16. And so I, I still am just not viewing that as like a magic bullet that's going to fix everything. No. No, I. And it, but again, I'm not going to try to like persuade people. I'm not going to try to be like Mr. Negative and like convince everybody to drop down to my level. But I'm like, clearly there's a, there's a difference in opinion and perspective on this at this point. I think people would have to go up to your level, Kyle. Uh, Mr. Root says, welcome back to Cod's country, Kyle. He good also good says, to be back. As a fellow Aquarius. So, did you know you were an Aquarius? No. Can we do a quick getting to know the gauchos? Are you not an Aquarius? Are you on the cusp? I, I don't know. I, I truly don't know. Um, <laughs> I was in... You didn't strike me as an astrology guy. <laughs> I was in Louisiana a few years ago. Uh-huh. Trying to get into a casino. And I look really young in my driver's... Well, I am really young in my driver's license picture. I think I'm like 17 or 18. And the guy's like up, down, you know, looking me up and down. I've got like long hair. I've got a beard. And he goes, you know, what, what what street do you live on? And I tell him, he goes, what's your zip code? And I tell him, um, he's like asking me all these questions that are on my driver's license that somebody with a fake ID might not have memorized. Yeah. And so my birthday's on there, obviously. He goes, what's your Zodiac sign? And I was like, I have no idea. He was like super suspicious of me. He let me in, but like me not knowing that almost cost me entry to the casino. Well, well you're an Aquarius apparently. Cool. Is that good? I have, I don't know. I know I'm a Taurus, <laughs> and I know that's. I know some of the things about being a Taurus, but I don't really subscribe to it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's bury basketball for the week. We'll get back into it Sunday, obviously, in a recap role for that Texas game. Um, do, do you have any props you want to throw out for that Texas game? Do, or is there something you want to see? If you could see one thing this weekend besides a win, if you could see one thing this weekend that might turn some corners for you, what would that be? Maybe, maybe um, <clears throat> like a McConaughey "Bless the Mood" chant. Bless the mood. <laughs> come on, no, I come mean, on, CDC. I, um, I think just turnovers. I mean, that, that is such a, a, a basic part of the game, like. It's, it's a numbers game. You put up fewer shots when you turn the ball over. You give your opponent more shots, empty possessions. It's like that should be a tangible – like you're not going to get way better at three-point shooting overnight. But quit throwing the ball to the other team. I think um, a tough defensive performance would help me feel better. Like if, if you held Texas to 58, I think I would start to say, all right, well – Maybe you're getting back into that defensive mindset and, and you're getting back to Mark Adams' ball. Twitter is going to be hilarious, assuming Texas wins. 
because their fans are already talking about Texas Tech. Oh, yeah. Which is hilarious after the last calendar year of like Super Bowl rent free, all that stuff. Yeah. But they're finally about to beat Texas Tech in something, probably. And I'm sure they're going to let us have it, which like, you know, go for it. But right. they're going to act like very Super Bowl when they beat this 0-4 Texas Tech team, like for the first time in any sport, any major sport in the last year. Uh, Lux Wade says, assuming Texas wins, LOL, Texas absolutely will win. So lock in the Texas money line there from Chase. All right, let's move on from basketball. Hammer, hammer. Hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Um, let's move on to football. Do you want to start with Texas Tech? Do you want to start with Oklahoma State? Or do you want to start with the NFL? Because there's lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Um, let's start in the NFL. Okay, good. Lighthearted. Davis Webb. Yes. Our dude. Uh, Dot in the back of the end zone. That is his perfect ball. That long ball that takes forever to get there and gives the receiver a great opportunity to catch it. That was pretty close to the game winner his freshman year against TCU. Yes. You remember that throw? I think it was to Marquez. I was like, yeah, we've we've seen that before. Um, yeah, a, a Red Raider in the NFL. He didn't finish his career here for – for good reasons, like for both parties, he happened to have the greatest player to ever play the game coming up right behind him. Right. Um, but yeah, he gets to start because the Giants playoff seating wasn't going to be affected one way or the other. And I put in the disc where I was like, Davis Webb plus 16 and a half might be like borderline lock of the century territory. Yeah. And I was sweating it for a little bit. But those last two drives, he trucks a dude to get into the end zone. That was awesome. Yes. And then he throws that dot in the back of the end zone. Um, they didn't win, but they covered. And so that was cool to see, I thought. And, and there's a lot of talk of Davis Webb and how bright he is. And I, I'm sure he can play backup quarterback for as long as he wants because he's a real value in the locker room. Um, I'm fairly certain I'm not making this up, but there was an article several years ago about how much the Bills staff loved Davis Webb. And he like did all of the evaluations on the opposing quarterback and offense and wide receivers and would give the book to the cornerbacks cornerbacks and then would do all the evaluations on the on the opposing defensive backs and give that to the receivers and quarterbacks um i i think they tried to hire him right the bills as the quarterbacks coach tried to get him to retire Uh, and he was like i want to play one more year or two more years and so the giants got him and i'm glad he got some time in a a real nfl game and got some stats on there and Threw a touchdown pass, got the got the rushing touchdown, and well, and, and again they're playing with their backups, so like he didn't have Saquon um, playing against one of the best defenses in the league in their home stadium, and like the stat line wasn't pretty at least till the very end. Like I don't think he only completed about fifty five percent, sixty percent of his passes, but all in all, for a guy like coming off the bench in that spot, I thought he played well. I was I was excited for him, and it, it was fun to watch. And I remember even like back when he was playing here under Cliff, th- there was some article. I don't remember if it was in the Lubbock AJ or where, but like him saying like he wanted to coach someday and like wanted to coach at Texas Tech someday uh, if Cliff wasn't here anymore. And so I think that's always just kind of like been in his blood. Um, so I hope he plays as long as he wants to and as long as he can. But I think he'll have a really good coaching career after that too. 
And I, I don't know if that's in the NFL or back in college or whatever level he wants to be at. I, I'm sure he'll be there. Just a small side note. One of my favorite bits in the NFL this year has been every time Kenny Galladay makes a catch. And somebody tweets out, uh, he's 64, 74 catches away from his bonus. <laughs> there was another bonus issue. I don't remember who it was, but somebody got a full sack and was going to get $500,000. And then they backtracked it to a half a sack. And he missed his, I think it was Justin Houston. That's brutal. They're in Baltimore. So, uh, all right. NFL playoffs, do you have any comments, uh, concerns about the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, I am very concerned about the Dallas Cowboys. We can talk about that Sunday, but because they, yeah. they, they play on Monday. Also, Monday Monday playoff games are stupid. Yeah, I agree. Play, play them on Saturday and Sunday. You have three Saturday, three Sunday. You did it forever. Why, why change? Um, you, you just – it's a negative for the winner because they get six days and the other team gets seven. Yeah. Um, before we – well, I don't really have a ton on the playoffs. Yes, plenty of concerns about the Vikings, as always. But uh, Cliff fired after four years in Arizona. We can discuss that a little bit. I don't even necessarily disagree that it's unjustified, but just to illustrate how tough of a business that is, he gets hired by the worst team in the league, a, a true poverty franchise that like has never done anything. They have the number one pick in the draft. Uh, his first three years, they win more games each year than the year prior, culminating in a, in a playoff berth last season. And then the one year they regress, he's gone. Right. And it's like, you know, this is not a proud franchise. This isn't the Broncos. It's not the Cowboys. Um, you know, it's not the Patriots or the Steelers. Like, this is a bottom five franchise in the NFL. And he has three good years where they're ascending – one bad year where Hopkins is out at the beginning, Murray is out at the end. His GM, I think, is suspended or something. That was a weird – and they fired the offensive line coach because they thought it was him. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wait, it's the other bald guy with a beard. And he's – and now Cliff is canned. And, like, again, I'm not saying that he should have kept his job because he was pretty well below 500 total in that four years. But yeah, it's just like a, a zero-patience business. Like, he inherited the worst team. Takes him up three years in a row. One year they backslide and poof. Well, I bet we would have won a lot of bets on the total of years spent in Arizona for Cliff Kingsbury. I think a lot of people probably would have taken the under on three and a half. Um, and in the NFL, how many coaches have we seen fired after not even a full season? Nathaniel Hackett couldn't get a full year. Yeah. And Cliff Kingsbury got four. That, that is a long time in the NFL. Yeah, and, and I will say he at least – I feel bad for some head coaches like like Matt Nagy in Chicago. They hand him nothing to work with. Right. He stuck with Mitch Trubisky his entire tenure there, and they fire him. And it's like, well, you didn't really give this guy a shot. Yeah. You know, Cliff had his hand-picked quarterback. They moved some pieces. Like, they got Hopkins. They got J.J. Watt. So, you know, I'm not going to say, like, the deck was stacked against him. But, you know, there are guys like Matt Rule. I mean, his GM never gave him a quarterback. And, like, that's step one in the NFL. Like, you're not going to win games with Sam Darnold, uh, Mitch Trubisky as your starting quarterback. You're just not. Um, so, in that respect, Cliff kind of had a clean slate when he got there. And even back when he was coaching at Tech, when we were about to play OU, 
Murray's last year there, he was like, if I was in the NFL and had the number one pick, I'd, I'd take this kid. So he got his wish and, you know, they had good games and like the stats were pretty good on paper, but it was pretty similar to his tenure at Texas tech, like flaming out at the end of the season, offense is way better than the defense. And then this year, even the offense wasn't very good. So anyway, I'll be curious to see what he, what he does next, if anything. Um, as soon as he got fired, rumors abounding in the NFL, uh, but even rumors abounding in the college game, uh, TCU fans today losing an offensive coordinator. He goes to Clemson, um, which allegedly Dabo tried to hire or could have hired Zach Kitley last year, maybe made a small run at him and then just hired in house. Um, got his guy in Garrett Riley this year after one year with the other guy. Um, interesting move, but before we get into the college game, just too fast. Um, where does Cliff coach next year? You know, there was a... Or does he? Yeah, there was a rumor in the Discord that Cliff has like a Croatian girlfriend and he's just yeah. going to go live on a mountain with her. Yeah, or in a um, Yeah, I think he's going to take a year off. Um, if he goes back to the college game, it, there's going to have to be an understanding like, hey, I'm not... I'm not recruiting. Like if y'all want to bring a quarterback in for a visit, I'll talk to him. But like, right. I'm not going out on the road. I'm not going into parents' living rooms and, and making a pitch. Um, like I'm an X's and O's guy. I'm a position coach. I'm not, I'm not recruiting. And I don't know, like on one hand, I could see that working because some of the big boy staffs like Georgia, like they've got a big enough recruiting apparatus where that could work. But yeah. you know, that's not going to work at like, I'm not saying he would go coach there, Oklahoma state or something somewhere like that. Um, so I think he'll, if he goes back to coaching, it'll be NFL offensive coordinator, QB coach, but I think he'll probably take a year off first. There are two jobs allegedly that could be opened. One open technically because they don't have an offensive coordinator is the New England Patriots. Um, that's been heavily rumored. And then Kellen Moore is going to get an opportunity somewhere. Um, so the other one would be the Dallas Cowboys. If you were Cliff, would you like to go coach up Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and learn under Bill Belichick? Or would you rather get Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and maybe more weapons with a guy like Tony Pollard um, and come to the Dallas Cowboys? Or could Eric Bieniemy finally get a job somewhere? Uh, they finally just gave him a one-year contract in Kansas City. I don't think he has a a ton of time left there. If he is there one more year, could you take a year off and then come be under Andy Reid for a season or two uh, with a position to upgrade if, if Patrick Mahomes wants you to? Yeah, I think that's another element of this that has to be considered is Cliff can afford to be picky in two senses. He can afford it financially and he can yeah. afford it career-wise. Like for, I feel like in our Texas Tech bubble, he actually gets <clears throat> a little bit derided more than in the industry itself yes he's gonna have more than one opportunity to be an offensive coordinator and qb coach somewhere so yeah if he looks at mac jones and is like you know what that i don't want to hitch my wagon to that for the next couple of years I, th I think that's part of why he went to arizona was because he knew you know i can handpick my quarterback Versus going, I think the Jets was the other job he was a candidate for. They already had Darnold. Mm -hmm. Maybe he saw what was there and was like, I don't want to, 
I don't want to mess with Darnold. So yeah, he could he can take a year off. He could take two years off. He could, you know, if the enemy's gone this year and he has the opportunity to go work with Mahomes, he can kind of pick and choose. You know, he doesn't have to just take anything that opens up for him. So if the Chiefs job opened up, that's a natural fit, obviously, and there would be some storylines there. Um, and I would think that Patrick Mahomes has some say in that franchise. Does Patrick want yeah, Cliff? I don't know. I, I'm sure he has a pretty good pull. Um, <laughs> he's got a pull in like three or four different sports franchises because part, part owner in uh, the Royals, part owner now in the Kansas City Monarchs. Mm, no, it's the soccer team that his wife uh, was already a part owner in. He, yeah. he bought into that. But anyways, um, lots of uh, lots of options for Cliff Kingsbury. Do you like the Garrett Riley hire? Is that kind of a schadenfreude moment for you that you kind of want to laugh at TCU? Or is that just a good hire for Clemson and TCU will get another guy? Um, so he's certainly leaving the TCU job more attractive than when he found it. Not that it was unattractive to begin with, but – um, that is now an offensive coordinator job where uh, a guy on the rise could look at that and be like, yeah, I want to go coach with Sonny Dykes. I want to go coach in the Big 12. Um, what's interesting about it, and maybe this is less of an impact on those coordinator-type jobs in the head coach roles, but it's pretty late in the coaching carousel by now. I mean, the season is totally over with, and Clemson plucks him, and so – you know, I'm, I'm just making this up as an example, but if TCU wanted to hire Eric Morris from Washington State, they would now have to lure him from a head coaching job at North Texas to get him. And so there are probably other guys of similar caliber, similar resume that would be a good fit as TCU's offensive coordinator that like might have just signed a two-year contract as an offensive coordinator or a four-year contract as a group of five FCS head coach. Right. So that might complicate their search. Then again if they got hefty buyout money from Clemson and they're already willing to dedicate a lot of money to Garrett Riley, they could probably money whip somebody and give them a substantial raise. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a less than ideal position for TCU, but one that they can still probably navigate somewhat successfully, but it, it's hard to, hard to just dismiss like some of their message board posters that this isn't a huge loss. Um, I haven't fact checked this. So grain of salt, Somebody on a Texas Tech message board said Sonny Dyke's career record as a head coach before hiring Garrett Riley, 56 and 56. Granted, at Louisiana Tech and Cal. Yes. Uh, important context there. Two tough but, jobs. But, but. Uh, it, it's pretty noticeable drop off from where his SMU and, and TCU seasons have been. Yeah. Um, I'm not ascribing all of that to, to Garrett Riley, but let's say a decent chunk of that is due to Garrett Riley. Like that's a, that's a big loss. And so to see TCU fans be like, Oh, well actually we might be better off because the play calling was bad down the stretch. Like, no, you're not better off losing the national Broyles award winner. Like the guy who's literally the best in the country at being a coordinator. Right. You're not better off without him. Like, I'm sorry, you're just not. And again, you can hire somebody successful, somebody qualified, but the, the spin on that was just like ridiculous. And, and that's just a few message board fans. Like I haven't really seen that very widespread, but all that to say, I do think it's a significant loss for them. 
Yeah, and especially when you're in a position, right? You just went to the playoff. It's not like – and maybe maybe it is. Maybe you only scored seven points in the national championship game and Garrett Riley said, you know, let's pull an Emmett Jones quote and say – uh, I want to win championships, and the Clemson is a place I can win championships, and TCU's not. Uh, maybe that's a, maybe that's an opportunity for him. Um, Wasn't Garrett Riley playing or coaching in the national championship game this year? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, right. Like, what's the what's the benefit of going to Clemson? I'm not. I don't think that that's a. I don't think that that's a lateral move per se, because I do think that Clemson is still Clemson uh, and have been for 10 years. But that is a that's a tough loss, in my opinion, a coordinator to go to another coordinator role after you just played the national championship and they weren't even in the playoff. I mean, it's why we all thought Beard wouldn't leave, right? We're like, he's proven he can get there. He can win a national championship at Texas Tech. Why would he go somewhere else to do it? Um Another interesting sentiment I've seen, and this is not an original thought of mine. I saw somebody else post this, but it made me think. Everybody who's had a chance to leave TCU this offseason is leaving. Garrett Riley, our good friend Brian Carrington, the, the cactus guy who was their head of recruiting, mm-hmm. he takes a, let's call it, lateral move to Arizona State. Uh, Max Duggan had another year of eligibility. Yeah. He's going to the NFL, which is understandable if he feels like he can uh, cash checks there. But he's not, I don't think, viewed as like a top-round guy right? who maybe could have benefited from coming back another year. And I'm not, I'm not insinuating at all that like TCU is secretly a dumpster fire and everybody's like rats jumping off the ship. But it kind of makes me wonder if the people even internally believe that what they did this year can be sustained or if they kind of – or understanding I'm going to sell my stock while it's at its ceiling and go to Clemson, go to the NFL, go to Arizona State under a brand new staff. It's not crazy to say that there might be a, a scenario where those people thought that that is a peak TCU opportunity and it would not get better. And their backup quarterback, Sam Jackson, who yeah, because Chandler Morris didn't play all year, might have had a shot to win that job. He said, I don't even want to go through spring ball. I'm just going to go to Cal. So uh, just another one that kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, and SMU and TCU kind of being a – or SMU for sure being a haven for transfer quarterbacks to come in and be competitive. Um, Is that Garrett Riley or is that Sonny Dykes? So you also have to just kind of look and and see – do you do you stay with the same offense? Do you try to get a Garrett Riley guy? Do you go higher? I don't know. Do you give an opportunity to Seth Dagey as a coordinator for the first time? Um, Spavital, do you try to go get Graham Harrell? Are you trying to stay in that vein? Or are you going to kind of go off the board? I have not seen candidates yet uh, for TCU besides just, you know, local guys talking about it. Right. Yeah, I'll be curious to see who fills that that spot. I don't think it'll be Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, the the note, no, not Cliff Kingsbury. The note there is that Carrington, Carrington got a position coach job, so yeah. that was a move up a little bit. Uh, all right, let's move on to Oklahoma State. Derek Mason today uh, quitting, <laughs> going on sabbatical in his 
Oh, man. One more note on TCU. Uh, rumor that Seth Luttrell is being a candidate for uh, TCU. That would be interesting. I, I think that'd be a good hire. When's the last time he was an offensive coordinator? North Carolina, right before going to yeah. UNC, I think. So yeah. 2015? Long time ago. Is that right? 2015, 2016? Maybe not quite that far back. But he was at UNT for, what, six seasons? I think so, yeah. So, so Okay, maybe like 2016, 2017, somewhere around there. But, yeah, it's been a while. TCU offense coordinator Matt Wells, also in the chat. Uh, so Derek Mason quitting. You have um, – as a one-year defensive coordinator, he's been in football for 30 years consecutive, and that's what he said in his little piece. And says, "Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come back at the end of this contract. Um, the contract I think was for another year, but apparently he's leaving now. Uh, so that that note didn't make sense to me. I, I think they ended his contract early, and it was kind of a way to fire you without firing you. Um, but it, apparently he's gonna take a year off, a sabbatical. Hey, Rob. Yeah." Come on, we're talking about people's families here. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt Derek Mason's family. I'm sure he listens to this podcast. But well, Mike Gundy, I'm sure wouldn't want us to be talking about this. No, 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 no. Uh, you have a quarterback who is your starter for four years leaving, and liking tweets about fans being mad that they didn't fire the offensive coordinator. You have 16 scholarship transfers out of the program. Two, I think, that went to OU. One in Trace, four that went to OU. Four that stayed in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, a lot of them going to other Power 5 programs uh, to finish off eligibility or to have several years outside of Oklahoma State. Is it fair to say that Oklahoma State has maybe moved past West Virginia as the biggest kind of what the hell's going on down there kind of program in the Big 12? Possibly. I mean, when we, before this past season, we did a series, every Big 12 team, kind of like a five-year snapshot. And we said, like, given this five-year snapshot, do you want to buy stock, sell stock, or hold stock? And you and I, I think we're both sellers of Oklahoma State because we're like, you got one more year with Spencer Sanders. Gundy's been there a long, long time, and it's hard to – it's hard to sustain success for even 10 years, but 15 plus. And they've been at their historic ceiling for like a decade plus now. But I did not imagine this drastically, this quickly. But yeah, they look like a dumpster fire. Um, Their offensive coordinator seemed like a bigger problem to me than their defensive coordinator, who was allegedly like a Jim Knowles disciple. They were going to run the same style of defense, be just as successful after Jim Knowles left, I don't think they were like terrible defensively, but they certainly weren't where they were in 2021. Right. So this was surprising. Yeah. Just the, the way it was like, they didn't outright fire him. He didn't leave for another job. Um, all the portal stuff. And then did you see the rumor today that Spencer Sanders, after putting his name in the portal, allegedly like came back to the coaches at Oklahoma State was like, hey, I think that was a mistake. I'd like to come back. And they said, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't know if that's real or not, but it's not unbelievable based on everything else that's going on there. No, and it's not unbelievable based on Mike Gundy's comments, you know, about the portal. Yeah. 
And if, you're, if your representatives tell us that you don't want to be here, you don't want to be here, and I'm not going to try to recruit you back. Yeah. But they have Alan Bowman now, so. Yeah, and I think he is going to be like a legitimate contender to be the starting quarterback there. If you look at Mike Gundy's history, he is Taylor Cornelius. Mike yeah. Gundy does not want to play freshman or redshirt freshman um, f- for a whole season. Spencer Sanders, I thought, really was a surprise that he got to start even in his second year. Um, mm-hmm. But they definitely didn't want to play him as a true freshman. And the Rangel kid that there is there right now, uh, and I think there's another kid maybe that's coming, uh, they don't want to play those young guys. So... In my opinion, Alan Bowman is the starting quarterback at Oklahoma State until I see otherwise week one next year. Yeah, and look, I'm not going to sit here and try to like dog Bowman, but and maybe he's developed in the last couple of years at Michigan, but he left Texas Tech as a guy who uh, was often injured yeah. and even when healthy or mostly healthy, could not definitively beat out Henry Columbia as a starting quarterback on a really bad team or a team with a bad record. So do I think he is going to go to Oklahoma state and win nine games? No, I think probably uh, he's going to be near the bottom tier of big 12 quarterbacks next season. And it, it might not be a remarkable bunch. I mean, like Hunter Decker's Blake shape and they left some stuff to be desired this year, but I'm not putting Alan Bowman like above either of those guys or Garrett Green at West Virginia. You know, there's some uncertainty, I guess, at, at places like Kansas State or – but I don't know. I just don't, I don't see that as being – it's a good opportunity for Bowman to be a starter at a Power 5 program in a conference where he's familiar, but I don't think he's going to be like this great addition for them that makes him a whole lot better. I think if we were pegging early – Big 12 quarterback of the year type stuff today. Um, Will Howard has to be near the top. Yeah, Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel coming back. Um, I think Chuck would be a trendy pick. Yeah, I think so. Um, Oh, and and, and Jalen Daniels, of course. And then Jalen Daniels. So that'd probably be the top four. I, I and then the Texas quarterback, whoever it is, it's it got to be Quinn Ewers, right? Sure. There's another, <laughs> there's another guy coming in. Uh, speaking of guys coming in, another quarterback transfer in the Big Twelve. Um, Sawyer Robertson, former Coronado grad, going to Baylor. Does he beat yeah. out Blake Shapin? He could. I mean, he's a really talented guy. I mean, yeah. we, we we remember him in high school. Um, I think he just got stuck behind a guy that had a lot of eligibility left at Mississippi State. I, when I saw he hit the portal, I knew he like probably wasn't coming to Tech. I was like, please don't like come in state or or in conference. And sure enough, he goes to Baylor, like a place that you would hate to have to line up against him, and a place where he could, you know, theoretically pretty quickly get some playing time if things fall right for him. Yeah, when those when Bowman and and Sawyer Robertson were both in the portal. I picked them opposite. I thought Bowman would go to Baylor, and I thought Sawyer Robertson would go to Oklahoma State. Flipped, but I think those two make sense. I'm kind of surprised one of them didn't go to TCU. Um, Sawyer Robertson really not going to TCU was a little bit of a surprise to me, but maybe maybe they knew that Garrett Riley wasn't going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there could have been some smoke there. 
You know where else there's smoke, Kyle? Regino Barbecue. Absolutely. Do you want me to do it? Regino Barbecue open uh, Thursday through Saturday. Uh, they are allegedly moving on to a brick and mortar there in Ulta. We need to go see that. Uh, I'd love to go get a tour or whatever else. Uh, Regino Barbecue. Uh, big news in the offseason, re-signing with the Gambling Gauchos. Uh, we'll hear from them for several more months here on Gauchos programming. We love Rojino Barbecue. We talk about it all the time. It is not just because they're a sponsor. That is legit barbecue. Every time people talk about it, they're like, is Rojino really that good, or do y'all just talk about because they're a sponsor? They are that good. And every time somebody tries them, they're like, all right, you guys aren't just blowing smoke. That is legitimate barbecue. Burn-ins, my favorite thing there, but it's all good. Um, the green chili cream corn is another one of my favorites. Order online before 9 a.m. to guarantee you get it. Go pick it up there in Olton or follow them around on their food truck. They will still have a trailer that goes around West Texas um, and beyond, really, in the last couple of months. So you can still check them out. Follow them on Instagram, Rahino BBQ, or online, RahinoBBQ.com, BBQ.com. Okay, Texas Tech had its own departures this week. Let's start at the top. A couple guys in the portal, but first let's talk Emmett Jones, a situation that was quickly resolved with the hiring of Juice Johnson. Quickly. Yeah. Um, Emmett Jones goes to OU. Uh-huh. It's the second time he's – well, uh, I, I was going to say left Texas Tech, but I think the first time he was, like, not retained right. by Wells. So I thought that was interesting. I don't. I mean, OU is, of course, the bigger brand. Maybe he got a huge pay increase. I was a little bit surprised by it, though. I'm not – I'm certainly not under the illusion that a program like Tech can't get poached by a program like OU – but he seemed to really like it here. Um, you would you would think position coaches, you know, looking for job stability, mm-hmm. would want to hitch their wagon to a guy like McGuire on the rise, and then a guy who just had the worst season OU has had in a quarter century. But that's his decision. That's him and his family's in, in their best interest, I guess. And so he moves on, and you know, good recruiter, well liked guy here at Texas Tech, and so I think. Fans were bummed about it, but I think within the same day, this week was kind of a blur. You pluck Juice Johnson from Baylor, another guy who's highly thought of, and kind of seems to me that all is well that ends well. Yeah, and I had to deal with a lot of this live on the Raider Land and uh, the Rob Bro Show, KKM.com. But it, it just... Guys like that are somewhat easily replaceable. And I agree. I mean, Emmett Jones' quote, there you are. Well, that was weird. I was about to have to start trying to speak for you, which I try to avoid doing. When it when I lost you, you were talking about uh, not ever freaking out over a position coach. Yeah. And, uh, man, that was a weird thing that just happened. Um, people I, on the radio were freaking out at you. Yeah, people were, people were freaking out on the radio, and it, it just it doesn't make sense to me, especially just the track record that Joey McGuire is on right now. And something I said on um, 
Twitter that people kind of got a hold of and, and didn't like, or at least just very few people. Uh, they said, or I said, that it's a good thing that people like Oklahoma are trying to poach your staff. You're in a good position if people want to come take your position coaches to fix their problems. And there's some blowback on that, but I wholeheartedly believe that. If you have a staff for four or five years and nobody wants them, nobody wants your running backs coach, nobody wants your offensive line coach, nobody's coming to get your guys, you don't have a good staff. That's the nature of college football. People are trying to improve theirs by getting good staffs. So I think you're in a good position, right? And then you go get somebody else's good staff. And that's what happened. But people freaking out before the whole process plays out just does not make sense to me. Again, I'm a big picture guy. And the big picture is you went from having a lot of guys with Dallas ties to adding a guy with a Houston tie that you didn't really have on staff. And I think Juice Johnson is a really good addition to this staff. He played wide receiver at Houston, who's now a Big 12 school. And he's going to be coaching wide receivers in the Big 12. And I don't think you have to play the position to coach the position, but I think it's a positive. Yeah, I think all that is well said. Um, it made it, The freakout would make more sense if it was a coordinator or obviously a head coach. But... Like, we were talking about Garrett Riley earlier. Like, that's a gut punch for TCU, but the reason Clemson wanted him is because TCU was playing for a national title. And, like, that's a net positive for TCU any way you slice it. Like, if if Tim DeRuiter gets poached next year by Ohio State because we're in the college football playoff and because we win the Big 12, sign me up. And, yeah, that would suck to lose him. But by then, you can hire another good defensive coordinator. So it is a good thing that that blue blood type programs want guys from your staff. And Joey has relationships, connections with other position coaches, analysts, coordinators that I trust that he can successfully fill those positions. And I think he did with this hire of uh, Juice Johnson from Baylor. Last thing I'll say, this staff does not need help recruiting high school in the state of Texas. That's why you hired Joey McGuire. That's why Kenny Perry is here, James Blanchard. Like, I'm not saying there's like a point of diminishing returns there, but I do think your staff can be overly duplicative in a certain skill set. Like Cliff had no recruiters. It was all X's and O's guys. We had Emmett Jones. Yeah. So like from from an individual position coach, I don't necessarily need a great recruiter on this staff. We have great recruiters. I need a developer. I need an X's and O's guys. Like, if you're the passing game coordinator, like, you then theoretically you're tasked with helping the offensive coordinator scheme some stuff. And, like, we need you to take talented freshman receivers and develop them into not just talent, but, like, productive sophomore, junior receivers. So I'm, I'm not panicked about it. I'm not... I'm not trying to cope. Like, I, I liked him at Jones. I thought he was a good wide receivers coach. But I also don't think you're – I don't think you took a huge step back with this transition either. I'm not worried about it. No, and, and the other freak out was that you were going to lose a bunch of recruits and wide receivers on the roster. 
This is going to sound harsh and callous. Who cares? You'll get more. I guarantee you, you will have a full wide receivers room when you line up next year. Well, and to that point, the the guy that everybody was worried about was Jaron Bradley. And I guess let me preface this by saying there will be more portal movement across the country um, after spring practice when guys go through spring ball and then they realize they're not where they want to be on the two deep. Mm -hmm. But I, I might be reading too much into this. Trey Cleveland's announced departure to me bodes well for Jaron Bradley staying because Trey Cleveland is a guy who, with the emergence of Jaron Bradley, with the addition of Dre McCray, who we've heard is going to play on the outside, Loic Fungi played a great bowl game. Then you've got other guys, J.J. Sparkman, um, at that outside receiver spot. You kind of figured at least one guy at that position is going to look at the rotation and say, I'm not getting the snaps I want and look for greener pastures. I don't think a guy like Trey Cleveland or a guy like J.J. Sparkman would leave if they thought Jaron Bradley wasn't going to be on the roster next season. So to me, that's a little bit of a signal that Jaron Bradley's good, he's all in, and I, I like Trey Cleveland a lot too. He had certainly had some flashes this season, but it's a numbers game, and I get why some guys would want to move on if they're not getting the snaps they want. And so I, I understand his decision. Yeah, and I understood his a lot more. I, I was surprised it took two, three weeks for a wide receiver to enter the portal. The one I was a little more surprised on was Sincere Massey, uh, who was a Cedar Hill kid and committed the day after, the night, that Joey McGuire was hired there with Jalen Peoples. So. But again... Harvey Dyson, I think. Yeah, the three. Now, I want depth in the trenches. And I don't expect... Uh, there were some comments today, well, he hadn't produced. He's a true freshman. He wasn't expected to. Uh, Joseph Adetoray was a surprise that he produced, especially in the trenches on the offensive and defensive lines. I don't ever expect to see any kind of freshman playing. Unless you come in with like a five-star by your name, I just don't expect to see early returns at those two position groups. So... A little interesting. There was some thought processes on why he left. And again, there will be a full defensive line room when you return for the spring. Uh, I'm not necessarily concerned uh, with either of those guys choosing to leave. And I wish them the best. Yeah. And there's always the meme on Twitter like, when a guy leaves your school, uh, it's because they processed them and uh, you wish them well. But when somebody leaves another school, there's a dumpster fire. And we've already talked about Oklahoma State. If you look at Oklahoma State transfers and Texas Tech transfers and you don't see a difference, you're not paying attention, right? Yeah, like Spencer Sanders and Sincere Massey leaving is not the same thing. Right, and Josiah Pierre today on Instagram saying he's coming back for a final year of eligibility. I think you'll be fine. Not the same position, but the same position group. What do you make, real quick, of all the way too early love that Texas Tech has received from like multiple outlets by this point? Top twenty, top twenty-five, yeah, in several of these. Uh, honest, honest comments here. I don't give a damn. I hate way too early stuff. Um, it's one guy's opinion. I could write the same thing. It, it's just. Uh, Brett McMurphy 
his opinion or uh, Pete Thamel's opinion. Uh, I, I'm not going to take any stock, though. I do think that the more national love you get in the off season, the more national love you get early in the season. And I'm a strong proponent. You've heard me say this. I'll say it again. I'll say it next season. I do not care about the AP poll or any poll in college football until week five or six. When you can see what the team is and make your decisions then. Um, do I think it's good for Joey in recruiting that you can say, hey, people are people are noticing? Yes, I, I think it's important. And there's probably some some I'm probably overrating it a little bit, but I really I really don't care about Brett McMurphy saying that Texas Tech could be number 13 or I think somebody had him as high as 14 or something crazy. It's awesome cool i'm sure the players like it but i really i really do not subscribe to way too early stuff i don't put stock in it in terms of like using it as a valuable projection but it is nice to get yeah program recognition because for a long time i think the national perception of the program was that it sucked and like you didn't get any respect so even if you had ever worked your way into a position where you deserved respect you weren't going to get it but I think this is kind of like one of those first warning signs of, okay, if you start next season 3-0, like, then you can't expect to be in the AP top 25. Or, you know, you can't expect to get some votes in the top half of the Big 12 at, at Big 12 media days. And, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a hill of beans worth of difference if you don't go win the games when they're keeping score in the fall. Right. But there's something to be said for the perception of your program nationally within the industry. And so – I agree with everything you said, and I yeah. kind of like that you're getting some love. Well, and I, I, I'm you know I'm not susceptible to other people's opinions. I, I form my own opinions, uh, but a lot of media members are susceptible. And if somebody told me that I don't know Purdue was gonna was a way too early top twenty five pick, and I don't know anything about Purdue, I might say you know hey uh, Purdue's getting some love. Maybe they do have something going on over there. Uh, me being here and forming my own own opinions on Texas Tech, I, I can, I can say they're in the top twenty-five. I thought they should have finished in the top twenty-five. If you gave me a finish in the twenty-five or start in the way too early top twenty-five, I'd rather have the finish. Yeah, I would rather them if, if they do get into the AP top twenty-five. I hope they stay there. Yeah. When you're staying in Lubbock, we hope you stay with our friend at StayTrig. You can book at statetrick.com, 10% off your first booking using the promo code GAUCHOS. And hey, games like Oregon and the Big 12 slate, whenever that gets announced, probably going to fill up quick at the local hotels and all that, especially if you are an AP Top 25 team. So book early, book often, statetrick.com. Every single property is professionally uh, decorated, furnished at an upscale standard. So you always know you're going to get something really nice. And again, because they love you, our listeners, you get 10% off using the promo code gauchos at staytrig.com. Full disclosure, my next sentence that I was about to say that I had already formulated was, you're getting a lot of love in the preseason because of guys who have stayed. <laughs> you and I, my friend, yeah, we were, were, about, to, we were about to both hit that, uh, that ad read. Real quick, not quite an ad read, but a little bit of self-promotion. 
Yeah, Us? I love to do that. Yeah, we never miss an what? opportunity. So I've heard. <laughs> um, we talked about this a little bit, but phase three was the transition of staking the planes. Um, Seth Jungman's done a great job. He's like the OG of Texas Tech bloggers. I think he started, I think at the time it was called Double T Nation mm-hmm. in 2005 or six. That turns into Viva the Matadors, turns into Staking the Plains, and he's been just so reliably consistent at that. He's built this great audience, great website. Um, he's still going to write, but wants to kind of move on from having to manage the day-to-day of that. And so we thought, rather than just letting this go by the wayside or something, let's get some Texas Tech content creators together and kind of make Staking the Plains the umbrella network for different podcasts that sort of have a different voice on different things and so we have uh, of course gambling and gouges are part of the stake in the planes network um usually we or sometimes every now and then we have a, a sports betting angle to all of this <laughs> um we've got red raider dugout and the dinger derby podcast which is the only outlet exclusively dedicated to texas tech baseball we have 23 personnel which is i think if not the first Texas Tech podcast, certainly one of. And, uh, of course, that's where food and sports clash at the goal line. And then we have Seeing Scarlet, which is the first female-led Texas Tech podcast. They cover all Texas Tech sports, but kind of the first ones to uh, really emphasize the, the Lady Raiders sports. And so uh, they've been doing a great job covering uh, the Lady Raiders basketball team this spring or winter, whatever season we're in. So anyway, we hope you will follow along. Those are some great content creators. If you're not following them on Twitter, if you're not subscribed to their podcasts, check them out. Because again, everybody sort of takes a different angle, different perspective on some of this. And we always joke, Rob, that there's like 82 Texas Tech podcasts. And there are more than we can keep track of. But what I like about everybody at Staking the Plains is they have some sort of kind of unique angle or viewpoint perspective on all of this. And so hopefully for the fans, that means they get something a little bit different each time they check in with one of those different podcasts. So we hope you'll check them out, subscribe just like you do with us, hopefully. And we look forward to hopefully building that into something really cool for you, the fans, the listeners, those who are entertained by Texas tech athletics. Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. And again, as I said at the top of the show, I don't know where exactly we'll be um, soon. So be sure to follow all those podcasts and us on social media and and we'll try to get there. And if you want to join uh, and and support Staking the Plains, you can do so. Patreon.com slash Gambling Gauchos and also join the Discord. All of these Staking the Plains contributors are in the Discord. You can ask anybody a question there. Uh, as we move into our dis, uh, Discord mailbag, the Diversified Lenders Discord mailbag. Um, yeah, the, the Discord is fun. It's a little bit more free-flowing conversation than like Twitter. And because it's sort of a private channel, sometimes you get um, more unfiltered thoughts than you would on, on Twitter or on a podcast. So I think people in the Discord have a fun time interacting in sort of a, a different way than they get on Twitter um, so yeah, it's a good time. You should definitely join if you haven't already. Tell your friends. Patreon.com slash gambling gouches. Ready for some mailbag? Before we get to the Discord mailbag. Okay. What was your favorite start bench cut of the week? Um 
You know, I, I was razzing you about the, the 90s music one. I would not have chosen those three 90s songs. I know those are three okay. of your favorites. No, no, I get it. No, it's not the top three. It's just well, three know, you chose. I know you know that, but apparently this needs to be explained to others. <laughs> the entire concept of start, bench, cut needs to be explained. Okay. Does it? Are we Kyle explaining right now? It does. Uh, I might be, but I'm going to lean into it. <laughs> just because I put three things out there does not mean it's the top three in that category. Right. So if you're like, why did you pick these three breakfast? Like, how dare you leave off? I'm like, it's not. Right. I didn't say you start bench cut the top three breakfast joints. It's just of these three options, you have to choose right. start bench cut. So like if I say start bench cut, um, like a terrible vacation to Plainview or Amarillo or something versus like Disney World. I'm not saying that Plainview or Amarillo is like a premier vacation destination, but people always chime in with their own like write-in options i'm like that's not how this works yeah now we, we will take requests and like we did we did two parts on the breakfast taco breakfast burrito start bench cut but the whole point of the game is like you have to choose from the options given to you right but every day without fail somebody's like cut them all or like they add their own three and i'm like that's not how the game works um so that, those are those are three great songs from the 90s sure they're not my three favorite songs from the '90s, but I just wanted people's opinions on those three songs. That's why I asked. Uh, the the most uh, we'd have to go. We could probably go back and look, but I was amazed at the engagement on the mustard mayonnaise ketchup start bench cut. There, there's a lot of answers on that one. It's like I I didn't know people, and I I, I should. That that's a controversial topic, I guess. But I'm always amazed at what's controversial and what's not, and. One of my favorite slash least favorite things is the um, every other answer's wrong kind of answer. Because <laughs> it's like, well... Not even close. Yeah, like, it is. I also... The one I had the most trouble with was the salsa guacamole queso. That was my favorite this week. Because I was going to come in and say, you know, hey, uh, controversial opinion, salsa would be my starter. And then I was reading the comments and it was like, salsa, 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 salsa. So... Uh, I, I think that was uh, a little bit surprising. And I, I think I would actually cut queso. What I thought was funny on that one was our uh, our dear friends from across the Big 12, like from Iowa, Kansas, and West yeah. Virginia chiming in. And I was like, you don't really know what you're talking about here. So just, yeah. you know, they're like, they're like, you know, kick guacamole all the way to the moon. And I'm like, you've yeah. probably never had no. good queso, good salsa, or good guacamole in your life. So, um. And then it was funny to see, like, a West Virginia cow did a star bench cut of something called a West Virginia hot dog. Um, which it sounded is, like an innuendo. Yeah, but apparently it's like a chili dog with, like... Coleslaw. Coleslaw on top. Yeah. Um, a pepperoni roll. And then I forgot what the third option was. Right. Uh, apparently West Virginia delicacies. But, but they probably, same deal. Like, if I answered, which I think we did, yeah. they're probably like, well, you're from Texas. You don't know right. what any of this stuff is. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the OU account that put out the cheese dip? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we were like, thinking of when they like bench queso. Yeah. Like, no, 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 that's not- like, no, you're benching cheese dip uh, yeah. that is like cream cheese and sausage. That's not queso. Or, or they're like they probably had salsa that was just like diced tomatoes and water. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Not salsa. Oh man. And then usually, like, two or three times a week, somebody's like, quit doing these stupid start bench cuts. <laughs> it was 
like, no, I'm, I'm not going to. We're going to keep doing no. this. No, we're not going to stop. I'm having fun with him, so we're going to keep doing them. All right. Uh, out, there are several start bench cuts in the Discord mailbag, so we can keep the bit going. Uh, out of every quarterback. <laughs> Real quick, I've derailed you so many times. I don't think I laughed harder this week than when Briggsy answered one by just saying, start this, bench that. And he left off cut, and then you responded to the spreads. <laughs> that was so funny. Oh. I love that you care that I don't put the third option on there. Oh, man. All right. <clears throat> Out of every quarterback to play college football, who is the most Texas Tech quarterback that didn't play at Texas Tech? Yeah, I answered this in the Discord. I think it's Case Keenum because it's Air Raid. He's from West Texas. Yeah. Played for Cliff. Abilene guy. Yeah. Uh, did making the national title game actually hurt TCU's recruiting compared to if they lost by three to Michigan? I, I wondered that. I legitimately did because um, it is outstanding visibility for TCU to play in the national championship game. But I do think there is a point of diminishing returns when you're losing by 60 points in front of all these people that you're visible to. Um. Yeah, I don't think they – like the trade-off was the Big 12 winning a playoff game was supposed to speak to the fact that like we can be just as competitive as the Big 10, the ACC, whoever. But then when you turn around and lose the way they did, it kind of undoes that, fairly or not, because they still beat Michigan. But, yeah, I think it was apparent on the broadcast. It was apparent on Twitter. Like the perception of the Big 12 was not great after that. And they can still – Claim scoreboard over every other Big 12 school that didn't win a playoff game this year, didn't win a New Year's Six game. Right. That was a tough way to end it. It, it, It's worth wondering, like, would they have just been better off making the playoff and showing that they can be just as competitive as Michigan, not quite winning before losing by, was it 58 to Georgia? 57? What was it, 65 to 7? Yeah, or 62 to 7. Whatever it was. Whatever it was. A lot too little. Well, in in six months when people are like, oh, remember when you got hammered by Georgia? It's like, at least we made the national championship game. It's like, "Ah, well, can you really say that now? I kind of took it off the table. Yeah, I I see both sides. They did make the national championship. They did. They did. And I would rather rather be, you know, 11 to 1 and get beat by 70 in the national championship game than win the Texas Bowl. Yeah. Probably. Probably. <laughs> I've always wondered too, and I don't think I'll ever be able to answer it unless it happens to Tech. But the the absolute so TCU that was not a heartbreaker by any stretch. The national championship loss in basketball to Virginia was a heartbreaker. Yeah. I don't, I don't know which would be worse to get the doors blown off you or to lose in like the most <laughs> heartbreaking fashion possible. Yeah. And, and I still don't know. I've, I've waffled back and forth on it because, like, you have that sense of regret about the Virginia game and right. what could have been. And like one, pl- one play, you're one play away. TCU has – there's no, like, yeah. what-if scenario. They were 82 plays away. Yeah, and they got humiliated. Right. And so, I don't know. Like, they'll never have to live with that. Like, we were right there, but we don't have to live with being embarrassed on the national stage. Start bench cut, losing by one in the national championship game in overtime – getting beat by 60 or not making it? 
I think in the order you mentioned. Yeah, I think so too. Because like, okay, we're fans because we want to be entertained and have fun. On the whole, for the season, certainly not Monday night, but for the whole season, do you think TCU fans probably had more fun and enjoyed their season more than Tech fans? Yes. Me too. Yeah. And so, as much as like I do not want to lose by fifty in the national championship, I'll take that over never yeah. getting there. And you know, best season ever to not walk away with a Big Twelve title, to not walk away with a national championship, and to just kind of get to boast the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, that's pretty tough. Yeah. How many points would Texas Tech have scored against Georgia this weekend? More than seven? Yeah, I would take the over on on seven and a half. Of course, Um, I think if they played that game ten times, you're probably going to have more than seven. I'd be worried for Shuck if he called his own number 22 times against Georgia. Yeah. Well, I don't think he would have. (laughs) Uh, Does playoff expansion happen sooner because of the beatdown? I think it's going to happen when it's going to happen. I I think you're still going to have one more year of the four team. Um, how many more years does McGavick milk the same Mahomes commercial? Is Mahomes going to be 43 in the twilight of his career doing icy hot commercials, and McGavick still plays the one of him working out and driving the 2017 Titan? <laughs> I mean, I would. Yeah, if you're a business in Lubbock and you've got yeah. A connection to Mahomes, why would you not milk it for all you can? Uh, <clears throat> all right. You're Kirby. All right, put yourself in that mindset. Okay. Do you take the big t- – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, defend your decision to extend Mark Adams today. Sitting at 0-4. Um, historic season. We've never had a first-year head coach reach the Sweet 16 before, and we felt like the extension was partly what he earned in his first season and also a commitment to continuing to build on that in the future. And with the success we had last year, we wanted to demonstrate that we want to maintain that continuously for years to come. Is what I would say. Yeah. Even though I think that's right. crap. Uh, are there truth to the rumors that the gambling gauchos are buying Joyland? I think we can unequivocally say that there are no rumors to that effect. I think it's more likely this week than it was last week. True. I mean, staking the planes world would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, are you gonna? Are, are you a theme park guy? Yeah. Star bench cut Schlitterbahn, uh, Six Flags, and Universal. I don't think I've been to Universal. Uh, Disney World, whatever you say. I just said Universal because they're coming to Frisco. Um, man. And you're a DFW I'll, guy now. I'll uh, I'll start Six Flags, bench Schlitterbahn, cut Universal because I don't know it. Has Kyle ever refused to a uh, a tip at a restaurant? Something Keith Patrick does often. <laughs> yeah, the often reference Keith Patrick. Uh, says he's done this twice. I've only done it once. And here's the story. I was in Pensacola, Florida. Mm-hmm. And we took a bus to apparently, I don't, 
I think island might be like an extravagant word, but you had to take like a long bridge to get wherever we were going. Uh huh. Much nicer than the Iowa State pedestrian bridge. But we get to the restaurant. Was it a Bubba Gumps? No, it wasn't. Okay. Because the Bubba Gumps and I think it was Pensacola, and I took a bus. Have we lived the same life? <laughs> we get to the restaurant. Yeah. And terrible service. I'm not a picky guy. I don't need you to wait on me hand and foot. But it was like we're being ignored. And then when they finally come to take our order, they're like um, bothered by our presence, seemingly. So it was bad. And then they they bring the food out. They don't check on you at all. They bring you the bill. So the service wasn't good, but I can usually get past that. I, I don't, like, refuse to tip for bad service. I just, like, do a lower tip. The bill comes. There's an automatic gratuity added for a large party, which so you is tipped. typical, but it's also usually posted somewhere, like a sign or a menu. Right. It wasn't, and I'm kind of a stickler on that. Like, you can tow my truck if there's a sign that says this is a towaway zone, but otherwise it's kind of a BS move. There was something else, like another fee on there that I was like, this wasn't listed anywhere. And then there was a bridge tax. And I was like, no, you can't, like, you can't just add these fees that aren't listed anywhere, you know? Right. And so I literally struck through those added fees and like put zero for the tip and and, and on my credit card, they only charge me for like the food plus tax. I was like, no, this is, and I wrote on, I was like, y'all didn't list this anywhere. I'm not paying for it. And, and I probably would have, like, if the food was good, if the service was good, I'd be like, okay. Right. I was like, this is, like, one of the worst dining experiences I've ever had. And on top of that, you're trying to get me to pay these fees that aren't listed anywhere. That's the only time I've never tipped. So you didn't even pay the, the added gratuity? No, I declined to pay things that they were requesting that I pay. And I, I got away with it, I guess. Because I, like, checked my credit card statement. I was like, I wonder if they just charged me for that anyway. They, yeah. Well, credit to them, so I guess. Tip. Pro tip, if you get a bill at a restaurant, just strike through it and say, I'm not paying this. And yeah. They won't charge you. Or just pay it. <laughs> That's the only time I've not tipped, though. Yeah. I'm, I tip like I'm rich, and I don't understand why. I shouldn't, because I'm not. <laughs> my rule of thumb, my mom always taught me double the tax. Yeah, which is, I did that for a long time. That's 16.5%, so I do that, mm-hmm. and then I round up to the nearest dollar. So like if it's four thirty seven, I'll just tip five, and then usually that's like basically twenty percent. Yeah, if I've had any amount of beer, I'll tip at least like twenty percent. It's nice too when they calculate it and they say like eighteen percent tip is this, twenty is this, twenty five yeah. is that. And you can yeah. just kind of go off that and round up or something. I think it's funny online. It's like, hey, how much you want to pit, uh, tip? It's like 50%, 25%, 20%. It's like, no, I, I, I don't know. Online is a little different. Yeah. They give you some crazy uh, percentages there. Yeah. Um, how bad does Texas Tech home basketball suffer uh, attendance-wise? People like a winner. And they're 0-5. When they get back to the USA – I think it's reasonable to expect a significant drop-off. I think the student attendance will remain through the year. Yeah, I think that takes time to... Raider riot, and yeah. Uh, one of my new coworkers is a is a recent tech grad, and it's certainly looking like this season football will be much better than basketball. But she was like, yeah, like... 
me and my friends, we didn't really go to the football games or like basketball. Yeah, of course, all the time. So I think it'll take a while for those perceptions to shift. Like even one good year with Joey probably isn't enough to like get the student section back to where it was under Leach and stuff. And, but vice versa, like basketball has built so much capital with the fans that like it'll take more than one bad season for them to just completely bail on it. But, you know, there's people like me that it's hard for me to get to games now that I live four and a half hours away. Like I, I could do it if I really wanted to and it was like a top 10 matchup but like am I going to do it to go watch us you know struggle versus Kansas State you know probably not I'll be interested to see yeah and they're already putting out uh, special packages two game packages whatever else which they haven't done I don't think in the last couple years yeah Uh, is Baylor Texas Tech's little brother I heard a couple comments that Oklahoma was big brothering us by stealing Emmett Jones. And then not even 24 hours later, you big brother Baylor by the same logic and take away Juice Johnson. So, I mean, does that trap? Baylor is hanging on by a single thread. And that single thread was the head-to-head matchup this season. Uh huh. Literally, if that goes the other way, they have nothing on you. Yeah. Like, and I don't even think that's a credible argument because I've I've explained this before that head to head is a tiebreaker and you're not tied with the team that is six and seven and loses to a service academy in the bowl game. I respect the troops. I respect the troops, but right. um, that's just a fact. They lost to a service academy in the bowl game. But yeah, you've I recruited them at TCU's home stadium. <laughs> yeah, in negative twelve degrees. You've out recruited them. You took their coaches. You know, you took their recruiting staff that, you know, mattered. They still have good recruiters there. Um, Yeah. Aaron Hunt. But, like, getting Blanchard from them was huge. And, yeah, the fact that you're just like, hey, we need a wide receivers coach. Why don't we just go pluck Baylor's? It's, like, pretty pretty baller move, in my opinion. Yeah, and gave him assistant head coach and passing game coordinator and elevated him. Uh, in honor of Juice Johnson, start bench cut orange juice, apple juice, grape juice. Let me start apple. Same. Bench orange cut grape. Same. Uh, pulp, no pulp. No pulp. I'm a medium pulp guy. I also would. Cut all for cherry juice. Cherry juice. Big fan. The tart cherry juice helps with inflammation. You get the uh, the no sugar added, and it's it's not as uh, sugary as the other juices. That almost sounded like an ad read segue. Uh, the cherry Bundy tart cherry <laughs> brought to you by. Uh, which Picador gives the worst bets? Um, anybody who fades Steven Stevens. Hell yeah. Uh, what are the Gauchos go-to bourbons? Do you have a go-to bourbon? No. <laughs> Me neither. I don't really do alcohol, and so... Yeah, same. Yeah, I've never actually had a bourbon. Especially not before, like, a, a bowl game. Right. But no, I, I'm, in all seriousness, I'm not a big liquor or mixed drink guy. So... I usually just kind of like whatever they're serving is fine with me, but no, I don't have. I, I'm I'm not a 
not a cultured enough person to be like, oh, that's a that's a good whiskey or that's a good tequila. Right. And so I'm no, I don't really have a preference. I don't. I don't know. I'm probably. I don't know bourbon whiskey. I don't. I don't know the differences. I like Wild Turkey 101. I like the Wild Turkey 101 Rye. It's really good. Uh, Bullet. Bullet's good. I wouldn't say I had a go-to, though. Uh, my go-to is whatever they bring me when I order it at the rest- restaurant. Yeah. <clears throat> Start bench cut sweet Stromboli, Savior Stromboli, or Stromboli Volcano. I don't know what a Stromboli Volcano is. I don't either. Um... I would start savory, though. What were the other Stromboli options? I was so caught off guard by the volcano. Sweet savory. Um, start savory bench volcano, just because I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, cut sweet. The uh, No free ads, but the, the beef one, the I don't know, is it Philly cheesesteak or Italian, whatever it is, at uh, Double Dave's? It's my favorite Stromboli. Uh, do the, do the, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the discord. Uh, if you want to get into the discord, oh, there's a, literally a volcano named Stromboli. So it's an actual volcano. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to skip this start bench cut too. <laughs> what? <I don't> know. <laughs> well, I'll screenshot it and send it to you later. Okay. Uh, it's about juice and things that rhyme with juice. Keep uh, the Discord PG thirteen, y'all. Yeah. Well, it, it's we probably could do it and and be fine. Uh, I'm not sure we have the room, but do any players from Baylor come with juice? No, I, I don't think you have room. I mean, unless. Well, you might at wide receiver and defensive line now that two are leaving, but. Yeah, I was, well, I was thinking mostly at wide receiver. Because it, it might be strange if he brought like an inside linebacker or a left tackle with him if he wants to. Right. Great. Now he's a running backs coach. Yeah. At Baylor, which I don't think you really have room for Richard Reese, but I wouldn't say no to him. Hey, never apologize for a start bench cut. Yeah. Uh, over under tech 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 tech. <laughs> It's almost midnight. Texas Tech men's basketball wins 0.5 of their next three games. Texas, Baylor, Kansas State, two on the road. Baylor at home. We'll get one of those. So over. Baylor? Or we'll just, get one of those. Just one, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, over under two and a half football conference championships over the next six years. You've not won an outright Big 12 title. Two and a half in six years. I'll go a snug under only because the conference is about to get bigger. You have to play with 14 teams for at least a year and then 12 teams. So it's easier, obviously, to win a a 10-team conference. But I do think Joey will get at least one. Yeah, I would take the under two. Uh, over under will mods gain control? It's not no. going in, yeah. Over under. Uh, of all the controversial topics that the gambling gauchos cover, did you expect breakfast tacos to undo all your cred? I mean, kind of. Do you want to speak to that? Opinionated about that, and I, for as 
as much as I get a reputation as a guy who likes to argue and debate and all that, I I don't care if you want to call it a taco or a burrito. Other people get really up in arms about it, and I just when you wrote yeah. that, I yeah. mean, you knew, right? I did taco for one, burrito for the other, and both times people tried to correct me. And I'm okay. like, okay, call whatever you want. I don't care. How much copium are the frogs huffing tonight? This is in response to the Garrett Riley move. I mean, yeah, any of them saying that they're better off without them, they're coping and capping. A couple of more here. Do Brussels sprouts have the highest ceiling, lowest floor of vegetables? I wouldn't know. I don't eat Brussels sprouts. Ever? Nope. I think spaghetti squash has a pretty high ceiling floor ratio. Um, a couple of squashes in there. Ooh, Frozen Brussels corn. sprouts suck. Corn is a good one. Because if you do cream corn, I think that's nasty. Cream corn? The Reno barbecue is a delicious cream corn. I don't do that. I don't do that. Oh, man. But, like, corn and taco soup? I'm the opposite. I, it's like bugs when corn just shows up places. <laughs> I, I, Corn is a... If it's a corn dish and you're giving me a bowl of corn, I love it. If corn just is, like, in a chowder, like a... What are we doing? Like, people just throw corn into, like, a chili or something. It's like, what are we... That's not... This doesn't belong. You like popcorn? I also don't like... I love popcorn. I also don't like taco soup. Of of the soups, I think I would cut taco soup in most um, start bench cuts. We'll, we'll do a soup uh, start bench cut pretty soon here. Yeah. Potato. Okay, Root says what in all caps. I wonder what he's saying. That's got to be the cream corn thing. Cream corn is elite. Cream corn is disgusting. Cream corn is elite. Just eat normal corn. Why do you have to... No. no. You don't like creamy? Not not for corn. Big cre- I'm a big creamy guy. No. I love the cream. Uh, Mark Adams' post-game comment sounded like we should still believe after Tuesday's blowout. Do you guys buy it or are we screwed? I don't buy it. I would not be surprised one way or the other if this team wins 10 of the next 12 or loses 10 of the next 12. And and that's hedging and, and whatever else, but I, I just, one way or the other, it's going to happen. I think it will be a extreme, though. I don't think you'll go 500 over the next 10. No. I think you'll either go on a real run or be what you have been. Yeah. I was going to say something, but it was going to turn into a rant. And I, <laughs> I better not. Okay. All right. Final thoughts. What's So I'm trying to put a corn start bench cut together. I've got creamed corn, corn on the cob. So I just do corn off the cob. Is there a different kind of corn I should put on here? Uh, you could put elote. Street corn. Too obvious. What do you mean, too obvious? Is that too obvious of a starter? Like, that's not a compelling... Oh, um... Do you like elote? No, I, I think the general population would start that over creamed corn. Or- well, not after the mayonnaise debacle. 
because uh, uh, Lotte has mayonnaise in it. Okay. People, I mean, people hate mayonnaise. It's a. Okay, I've got that in the draft, and then okay. start bench cut soups. Uh, we got taco soup, chicken tortilla soup. Give me another one, kind of in that same vein. Um, I mean chicken noodle. If we're going brothy soups, I, I'm a potato soup guy. A little bit Min- of like a Mexican minestrone. No, because like taco soup and chicken tortilla are kind of Mexican right. type flavors. Okay. Um, taco soup, chicken Ooh, tortilla how about, soup. How about pasole? Okay, yeah. Pasole also has corn in it. Yeah. That could have been on the... If I'm prepared for corn, like, it's not as bad. But if I'm just, like, served a dish and there's surprise corn in it, I'm upset. Okay. Surprise just corn. Give me a, like, just, like, just give me a corn, man. I I, I prefer corn on the cob. Uh, I love a good cream corn. I don't know what I would do on the corn uh, thing. I don't know. I was Googling Pozole just to make sure I had the spelling correct. Yeah. And like the number two suggestion is Pozole near me. <laughs> For some reason, I just think that's really funny. <laughs> well, you got to find it. Not, that's, uh, I guess, not everywhere has Pozole. A lot of people searching for that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so when it's cold. I guess. So. Uh, hominy is better than corn. I'm glad that Mr. Root uh, is up. I don't know who the other streamer is right now. We only have two. It's midnight. Uh, but Mr. Root is is in the stream and active. We we love an active uh, an active commenter. Probably a spy. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a spy. <laughs> oh, some intern at Texas Tech has to come on every time we come on and what? <laughs> like monitor. <laughs> They're like, can you believe what they said about Tech basketball tonight? Oh, man. That would be funny. All right, I don't have any final thoughts. I think I said everything. Um, Singles of fans tonight, yeah. Hundreds, dozens. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash gambling gauchos. Proceeds of that, we don't talk about this much, but they they do go to uh, the Matador Club. Hey, we had a bowl pick-em winner. Yeah, we need to tally all that up. Um, I sent you a note. Yeah. But we need to tally that that again. Or gal. It was, uh, I think his name was John. Shout out to John. We'll we'll have to find his Twitter handle. Yeah. I think I have his email address. So we'll get to that. Uh, We'll we'll get one of those big checks. Send that over to the Matador Club. I think uh, it's going to be over $500, though. I think last year we did 800. This year will be 500. Pretty cool. Yeah. All thanks to you guys. Cardinal Sports Center. All right. See you later. <laughs> Love y'all. <laughs> da, da, da. Um, let me go stop this other recording.